I think when dads get together with their babies, they help each other see the beauty of it, the freedom of it, the fact that they can re-establish uh, their identity, not as someone who works for Company X or who achieves you know, great outcomes in sport, in a sport or something, but someone who is you know, the only person in the world who is the father of a, this particular child. My name is Will Small. I'm a husband and a dad. And for the sake of my family and my community, I want to be a healthy man. Images on magazines would lead me to believe that means having ripped abs and a good paycheck. But I'm not satisfied with that story. Are you? Join me and my guests as we explore the idea of healthy manhood in the modern world. This is the Mankind Podcast. My name is Jamie. I'm originally from London and I'm a father of a little three-week-old girl. For me, being a man is acting with integrity. Seems to be a lot of um, preconceptions batted around of what it means to be a dad. And that is kind of like a sideline gig. You just, you kind of stand and helplessly watch as the woman does everything. But I've learned these last few weeks that you can be involved and integral to that process. So I think that needs to be spoken about more. Today I'm chatting to Thomas Docking, who is the CEO of Dad's Group. Really, really excited to um, hear from Tom about some of the work he does. But before we kind of jump into that, Tom, I was just wondering if you could introduce yourself in your own words, maybe share a couple sentences about your context, you know, family, work, etc., who you are and what you spend your time doing. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Will. And thanks for the invitation to the program. Um, I guess if I was going to introduce myself, I'd say I'm a father of three and a, and a husband of one and um, we have a, a big family but when we first started to be a family um, yeah I just wasn't ready for it and wasn't prepared and kind of went into shock when we found out we were first pregnant Right. and for the last five years we've been working on this organisation to support new fathers and families so we've connected with um, thousands and thousands of new fathers and families across Australia and, and uh, established dads groups all across the nation um, as a non-for-profit connecting these guys who are a little bit like I was and I am uh, at different times and that is feeling isolated, feel like, feeling like I'm the only one going through this. But um, it's been a wonderful journey to realise I'm not the only one going through this. And, and uh, for example, over the street from me on the other side of the road, there's another guy going through exactly the same thing who, you know, you don't always know that that is the case and... Um, with a bit of kind of facilitation or support or connectedness and programs like Dad's Group, people can start to realise that um, they're not only not alone in this, there's probably someone just around the corner who's going through the same thing, which is um, when you get together and can share that, um, I guess you can have a bit of a laugh and, and normalise the whole challenge of parenthood. Yeah, wow. I'm sure I can I can relate to a lot of that and I'm sure many other listeners can uh, you mentioned that, you know, sort of when you found out that you were becoming a dad, you just felt totally unprepared for it. Um, could you unpack yeah. a little bit more of, of that journey and what you did about it? Yeah, well, to unpack that, what it looked like for me is um, I, I've got a corporate background. So I started my corporate life over in Holland with BHP, Bilton at the time, now BHP, and then moved and did a 
executive kind of corporate work in Singapore um, in the in the um, marketing and, and global analyst space and then moved into commercial and relationship um, management for our vendor provider. So at that time we were, you know, spending $1.4 billion a year on on uh, technology just for one one company. So wow. um, it was a crazy kind of corporate background. And then I moved into um, working with PwC um, and then uh, that was back in Australia. But uh, after that, my wife and I decided to do a two-year trip around the world. And um, when we started, we started in by going to a, a five-star hotel in Hayman Island in Queensland. And we decided we'd go from hotel to hotel around South America, et cetera, and just get our get a taste for it in, in Queensland. And um, three months into that, we found out we were having a baby. So we did a big U-turn uh, back to Melbourne where the family, um, the wider family are and or were at the time. And, um, yeah, we're just in shock. And my wife said, you know, he didn't speak for two weeks pretty much. He just didn't say anything. So wow. I guess I was um, – I never see – I never saw myself as going through, you know, isolation, depression, or anxiety. But um, yeah, I guess the the more I explore what other fathers are going through, the more I'm starting to realise I went through quite a challenging time and didn't really want to talk to anyone about it because I was embarrassed that I <clears throat> that I wasn't going too well, and I, I was embarrassed that I wasn't excited. I guess in some in some respects, because um, on the outside I'm telling everyone I'm very excited. And, you know, can't wait. But on the inside, I was kind of cowling in the corner, um, freaked out. Yeah, wow. How did you respond to that? Or how did you find support or eventually start start some support networks? What were the steps that got you kind of uh, yeah, the, connected? Yeah, the, well, there's two kind of big um, key points for me. And one was realising that I, I had a lot of family support. And that was amazing at the time when you have nothing and you've, you've given everything away or sold everything, you have nothing left. Mm. Um, and, and then also the babies coming along, we had all our family provide and friends and, and just random people who found out, you know, just give stuff to us. And so that was overwhelming. But at the same time, being overwhelmed with the generosity of the community, I was staggered to think of, imagine someone like a new father who has was un, unprepared like I was, uh, didn't have anything but they didn't have that family support. So I just imagined, you know, I'm in a really well-off position here with great community around me. Imagine becoming a father in a situation where your family weren't supportive of, of that decision or that, that happening to you. Mm. And imagine if you had, you know, you were a teenager and you hadn't even finished high school or university. Um, so I just realized, man, there's a massive need out there for, for new dads who may not be coping. And then the other point for me was connecting with, a few other new new uh, dads who were friends of mine with their babies, and I hung out with them, and I just got this sense of, I guess, familiarity and comfortability, and I could just spend time with them and ask them and learn from them without asking them anything, but also if I had a specific question, I'd just ask them. I just felt comfortable in that environment where there was just dads uh, with their babies because mm. they were role-modeling to me what life's like and I was learning and absorbing before my baby had arrived and I just um, I'd grown up in an Aboriginal community in Arnhem Land and there was, this, there was a cultural element of what they do is spend time together with men and the women spend time together with women and I thought that was really healthy and there's a lot of learning and uh, role modelling and um, education that happens in a really kind of organic way 
And I just realized, I just put those two kind of worlds together and realized we need that in our society. We need those spaces that are healthy places where men are actually talking about healthy things, not unhealthy things. They're, um, they're talking about, uh, how they coped or didn't cope and they're sharing and they're learning from each other without a kind of prescriptive educational format. And, um, so going to hang out these two guys with their babies is just a game changer for me. I thought every new father in Australia needs to have access to this. This is just the most wonderful opportunity um, you could ever imagine because so many new fathers don't read a lot. Uh, so many of them read a lot but don't feel more connected. Uh, so, many, so reading more doesn't actually necessarily make you feel more confident. Uh, it just makes you more aware of what you don't know, which yeah. is a good thing. Um, whereas spending time with other fathers together, um, you know, we've done over, I think, over a thousand events in the last five years now. Um, wow. And you've, you know, that's all across the show. All these different dads, all, you know, run a massive Father's Day fundraiser, Man with a Pram, all across um, these different isolated communities of Australia. And, and we've just realized that um, this kind of dad's group concept as a, as a methodology really addresses isolation and i guess that's that's what it is for us it's when you feel isolated um your effectiveness productivity you know the how much you can contribute to your family or your community drops um significantly uh, and you you can end up being a net receiver of support rather than a net giver of support and when you have a new baby as any new father knows um you kind of need to be a net giver of support uh, for a period of time. Um, and if you don't, then A, you, you don't feel great about yourself and B, your partner doesn't do too well and C, your baby isn't doing too well. So there's all those negative outcomes if you are not sensing a, you know, a place to feel built up or supported or, or a place that you know is a, is a different world from the constant... Um, challenges of the unknown. Hi, my name is Lance. I'm an IT guy, a bit of a nerd. Um, I've got two beautiful kids and a loving wife, a genius of a wife, actually. The way that I see what a man should be is I got got it all from my father, I suppose. I, I don't think I ever saw my father like cry or anything like that guess that was some way of showing strength i suppose but you know um, the more and more that i do uh, manhood i realize it's all about you know still acknowledging vulnerabilities and um, going through that and and not being afraid to express that i think as you get older you kind of settle with the family it actually starts to get harder to actually socialize with other men your age or other families we find that we get very isolated and so i think the biggest thing for any man um, and to kind of grow and you know and to show strength and wisdom is to actually gather with other men you know in a similar mindset just to have that space to be able to talk about things you know that you can't really talk about uh, with your, you know, your your partner it's very important you know as men we need to get together and um talk about these things i got given your contact from uh, associate professor richard fletcher who leads the fathers and families research program um, at the university of newcastle and it's my understanding that part of his work is looking at the fact that typically something like postnatal depression is kind of perceived to be an issue for mums 
uh, or is checked for in mums, um, but there's not really much of a process or, or kind of intentionality uh, of screening dads. But at the end of the day, the impact of any parent in the family having mental health challenges or kind of uh, experiencing some of that isolation that you're talking about, that's going to have flow-on effects through the whole family. I wonder if you could share just a little bit more about any of that, what you understand around Richard's research or I understand that he's on, on the board with you guys. So just some of that space, you know, some of the, the lack there. Why is there kind of this gap that that's kind of not being checked for in dads? Yeah, no, firstly, I'll just acknowledge Richard um, as, as a, an amazing leader in this field. The guy who, you know, is uh, the father of fatherhood research in this space is um, very well respected and he's on our, our independent advisory board providing us with insights. He's established some amazing programs to support new fathers and, um, yeah, he's just a wonderful mentor and, and uh, over the years has become a friend and I think... Uh, it's important to look at history when answering you the second part of your question, which was um, around how has it become like this that mums are screened but dads aren't. And I think it's pretty simple, really. It's it's not too complex. You look at the past and our culture of the past. Fathers um, were not even in the birthing suite 100 years ago. And mm. by the 70s, I think 98% of fathers were or something you know, a, a staggeringly large number. You can get, you know, Richard or someone um, who has a research background to, to check on the numbers for, for us. But um, it's a staggering difference between uh, historical um, birthing and, and current day birthing. So mm. what that means is um, typically, you know, if the father wasn't in that hospital or birthing space, um, well, why was there a need for him to be in the hospital system or screened or anything, right? Mm. So, um, there, whereas now we see 98% or some huge percentage of fathers actually in the birthing suite, which is fantastic, um, but they're not acknowledged by the system. So we're working um, – so that's, that's a, a big gap that's happened through the old, you know, um, the, the water getting warmer and more, warmer and the frog not realising it's getting warmer and warmer type analogy. Sure. Um, no one's really done anything about it because no one noticed it happening. Yeah, um, sure. And, and so, yeah, what we're doing now is working with hospitals on engaging fathers and, and then building community programs where you engage with the fathers in um, in the hospital, in the antenatal space, and then you provide a program uh, of dad's group thereafter. So, yeah, we're, we're at addressing that specific point um, around engaging them better. Um, but there's also a key point around screening them, which is a, uh, a medical process that, that should be happening uh, if we're wanting to help the whole family better than mm. what we currently are or, or the, what when I say we, I mean the health system. So, yeah, I guess um, in summary, there's, there's two reasons. One is the cultural changes that have happened and no one's really picked up on it or noticed it other than the, you know, the, the 33,000 midwives who, had, who <laughs> see the mums and dads Every day, you know, every day of the year, um, and and so they're always they're really supportive of our programs because they've been wanting to help fathers more because they know when they've got a good um, uh, father that's engaged in supporting that new family, the, the outcomes are just wonderful. And mm. when they're not, they're conversely tragic. Yeah, that's really really insightful. Just at a practical level, how that has kind of just um, you know parts of our culture have shifted and progressed but there are other parts that are still lagging 
there's obviously still work to do there. As you think about some of the work that you've done and, and you know, this organisation, Dad's Group, how you've helped men to become more engaged and to, to kind of get more connected, um, are there stories that come to mind for you that kind of paint a little bit of a picture of the impact of what that's looked like in, in some dads' lives, kind of maybe a bit of a before and after? You know, w- what are some of the inspiring stories around how you guys have been able to actually help dads get more engaged in that process? Yeah, I mean, doing so many events over the last five years, there's hundreds of different stories, but one that I often reflect on is um, one of the dads who was from overseas came to our dad's group and um, he brought along his little daughter and, you know, we be, we became friends. He was probably drove about 20 minutes to come to dad's group. So when, you, when you're driving half an hour or so to, to get to a dad's group, you know that it's important to someone, especially if they <clears throat> making the effort to come along. Mm. Um, and so this guy, um, were, you know, over the next few months, he underwent some challenges with, his relationship at home with his partner um, and unfortunately they, they couldn't resolve that and um, I remember one time he you know was you know asking me whether he'd come to dad's group even though he didn't have um, custody of the time of his child and I said of course you can it's you know it's dad's group it's to support you and, your, and the family as best we can it's that space that you can come to and I jokingly said you know I've got two kids and you can have one of mine <laughs> um, but you know, you realise that guys, you know, for starters, that's a non-normal behaviour for men to, you know, seek help and seek community like that unless they're really desperate. And so you, I knew immediately that this was valuable and helpful to him. Mm. Um, and then over the years as we, you know, the last couple of years we've become closer and I've understood that I've watched him start another dad's group and connect with other new fathers and, and seek out isolated dads and connect them in as mm-hmm. well. So you've watched him, he actually moved um, a bit further away from where we live now. And so, you know, you've watched that transition of a guy who has been really isolated, gone through a really challenging personal time, um, probably could have gone the wrong way when it comes to, you know, I guess uh, isolation, depression, anxiety, potentially family violence and those things, but didn't because he felt a sense of connectedness. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that that's been really helpful for him and he's, and he's, Story. And, and now, uh, just a few months ago, I was invited to his wedding. So a few years later, he got um, married to someone who also has a couple of kids, and uh, they're doing really well. So um, it was that's the kind of one of the transitions I've seen is, is guys who are not coping, uh, and instead of become another statistic, which we've seen horrifically in the last few months in Australia of, of, um, of terrible tragic outcomes. Mm. Um, family outcomes, which we want to prevent, um, is is being able to build better role models around these guys who have no role models or have no community, and then help them uh, understand. I guess give them a bit of a, a true north or a direction of, of of how to cope when things get really tough. Um, and then the other, I guess that's that's one of the stories. And the other story is just um, is just seeing. Uh, you know, guys who are expecting fathers come along to dad's group and they just sit there and watch and learn and absorb and, and they leave and then you're not sure whether they're going to come back after they have their baby. But lo and behold, you know, eight weeks later, they've had a baby and they come back and you realise that, you know, that they're, they're proud to be new fathers. They're proud to be part of that community. They're proud to um, be able to show 
you know, their, their new child to that community of fathers. Mm. And, and it's, it's a very special and intimate space. Um, it's something that we're all the fathers and dads groups across Australia, they're very protective of that in a very, in, in not a, um, not a rude way, but just, um, yeah, it's a very safe environment where, where guys can come and you've got, you know, dads who are CEOs, dads who are unemployed, dads with tats, with no tats from Africa, from China, from, you know, all over the different mm. parts of the world. And the normalizing factor there is that they're holding this little infant or, you know, after a couple of years, it's, you know, a, a little toddler running around. So uh, it's a very special space of learning and sharing. And it's one that I can see um, not only myself, um, but many other men and fathers and their respective families have um, been able to benefit from in terms of realising they're not the only ones going through this journey. And it is an absolute struggle. There's no doubt about it. It's, it's fathering and parenting is something that does not turn off. It's not a project. Mm. It's not a boot camp that finishes. It's not, you know, an SAS training that will only go for, you know, six weeks or, or, or nine months. It's not, you know, you're not on tour and then coming home. You're not flying in, flying out. You're just flying in, and that's it. You're staying there, and yeah. um, and it's and it's not that it's terrible. It's actually one of the most beautiful, enjoyable, um, rewarding experiences in your life. Uh, but if you can't see that, and you can't be helped to see that, then you'll just see it more of a struggle than than what it really is. And I think when dads get together with their babies. They help each other see the beauty of it, the freedom of it, the fact that they can re-establish uh, their identity, not as someone who works for Company X or who achieves, you know, great outcomes in sport, in a sport or something, but someone who is, you know, the only person in the world who is the father of a, this particular child mm-hmm. and the only person in the world that this child will look up to and say, you know, you're the best dad in the world. And that's, that's really powerful stuff. It's it's the stuff of life, you know, that changes your whole perspective. And a lot of the dads, including myself, will say things like, you know, I didn't realise what, you know, what my my life or contribution to this world was until I became a father or a parent. I realise now that I've got, you know, not only a huge responsibility, but the greatest opportunity to shape someone as best I can to help them become ready for this you know, crazy, big, dangerous world that's out there. (laughs) Hi, my name's Dan. I live on the Central Coast. I am husband of a beautiful and supportive woman, father of two kids, and I work as an engineer locally. I feel like I was brought up with uh, being a man was to be strong physically and mentally and emotionally and to fix stuff or build stuff or break stuff. But... The last five or six years, probably about since my son was born, sort of questioning that as to what it means to be a man. I think there's a lot of old stereotypes that a lot of people still believe a man should be. And I think the difficulty is navigating those waters and trying not to be pulled too much either way, but being kind of the man you are. I love that you shared that story, uh, you know, the first guy you spoke of, kind of that his story actually ended in him passing on what he received, that he was connected into community and then he was running a dad's group and helping to 
provide that for others. It's just a beautiful picture of obviously we've got some problems, um, you know, mm. in terms of those statistics and some of those unhelpful narratives and, um, you know, some big challenges. But actually um, when people experience something different, when they, when they move from isolation mm. to connection, it has a, it has a ripple mm. effect and a flow-on effect, um, which is beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm wondering if yeah. you have any other thoughts around um, – how people might be able to, like people listening to this, for example, whether they're men or women, dads or not, how can we help uh, nurture men's health and connection? What are the little acts that we could put in place to make some of this stuff happen more organically around us? Uh, there's, there's a number of small things, and they're all they're all quite simple, really. Um, I find that uh, the biggest and most powerful thing any new dad can do is actually invite another new dad to go for a you know a, a walk you know with a pram with a pram or whatever now given the current situation with um you know with uh covid19 that's probably not a reality or a possibility and, and a lot of our programs are switching have switched across to online dads groups etc mm-hmm. but it's that connectedness it's that space where you know typically we say shoulder to shoulder men talk um, better mm. with a project in front of them. The men's shed's been one of those things where we've seen uh, really effective in addressing that social isolation. Um, but uh, it's about reaching out, making the effort to connect and, and, and have a, I guess, I don't want to sound, make it sound cheap, but, you know, like that buddy system which really works. It's like, you know, this guy, he's not the normal guy I'd select as a friend. In fact, I probably wouldn't hang out with him normally. And then... What you see is um, people like that all across all these different dads groups, they become really good friends because they're going through something so impactful together. Mm. Um, you know, I remember some of the stories and the v- movies that I've seen where the guys go to war and, you know, at the start of the movie, these guys kind of hate each other or they're picking on each other. And then at the end of the, end of the movie, they're just um, they're brothers for life because they've gone through tragedy and, and trauma. And no one else could ever understand what they've gone through, but they've also gone through joy and elation as well in, in surviving it. So mm, um, great image. I would say it's super similar to, to some of those experiences. You know, the birthing space can be, you know, we've one of our advisory board members deals with um, research on fatherhood and trauma in the birthing space, a loss of a ch- of child or loss of partner in that space. So, you know, it, it gets very, very real and very rugged when we're talking about some of this stuff. It's not all roses and, you know, cute babies mm. smiling and doing little farts, which is, you know, also funny and an enjoyable mm. part of the experience. But it, 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 some of the experiences are particularly rugged and particularly traumatic and cre- create, you know, the same things that guys get when they go to war and on tour. You know, they can get um, post-traumatic stress disorder and they can get postnatal um, yeah, postnatal uh, stress and anxiety and depression. These are things that uh, we can and we do go through. And um, typically, men don't uh, seek help. We're not help-seeking beings um, as a as a cultural norm. So it's probably likely that isolation, depression, and anxiety is quite a bit higher than what the statistics show. And uh, mm. recent November research has said that. Isolation itself is, um, or a sense of isolation is, is up around the 25% mark. Um, we know that depression, postnatal depression for fathers is the 10% mark. Mm. Um, but either way, what, what we're saying is 
um, most new fathers at some stage are going to be feeling tired, exhausted, confused about their role, mm. uh, somewhat, um, you know, uh, somewhat failures, maybe at work. Um, we joke at Dad's group about no sleep, no money, no sex. You take that away from <laughs> any guy and ask him how he feels. Um, and most of the, yeah, all the guys always can identify with that. It's, it's a funny way of looking at some of the challenges you're going through yeah. and, um, and realizing that it's not forever. Uh, it's for a chapter and, um, the challenges are not forever was what I mean. Fatherhood is, parenting <laughs> is. Um, and you remain a father to that child, even if you outlive that child, which mm. is, um, you know, some of the, some of the realities and, tragic outcomes of some of the dads who, you know, we connect with. So, mm. yeah, it's a very special space. It's a very um, important space and it's probably the biggest impact you can have in your life um, until, you know, whether you realise it with enough time or not, whether you realise it too late, the biggest impact you have on your life will be how you connect with, shape, support, educate, love and care for uh, the child or the children that you that you bring up, um, and how you facilitate an environment for them, which makes them contribute back to their world in a better way. Yeah, wow. Yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. Uh, it made me think about actually when my when my first son Noah was born, he had a, a pretty intense start, and we actually ended up. Um, basically going home without him, he had to be transferred, you know, to the um, newborn intensive care unit at a hospital further away. And we went down there the next day and, you know, it just totally rocked my world. Obviously becoming a dad is a significant thing, but then you go through any of those kind of challenges. Um, it just adds layers of complexity. And I had a mate who just every day that week while we were in the intensive care unit, he just uh, called me up, asked how I was going on one of those days, he just came and, and um, visited us at the hospital with some like hot chicken and chips and it was greasy and salty and we didn't talk much, <laughs> but it yeah. was amazing how just that, yeah, that solidarity, that sitting with each yep. other, exactly what you're saying, going for a walk, pushing the prams together or sitting and eating some chicken and chips in the thick of some of the hardest stuff. Um, yeah. That is so profound and for guys that don't have that, um, any way that we can kind of help more and more people to connect with that. Obviously, the outcomes are going to change dramatically at the other end of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's a perfect example of, you know, what the type of thing we're trying to encourage as well. So it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for, for taking your time to share some of this, Tom. It's really inspiring. No, thank you. Um, before we wrap up, um, I guess my last question is just, for anyone who is listening and is looking for some practical next steps, books, podcasts, websites, other things that you would want to point people in the direction of and, and maybe just a final thought for anyone listening that you would want to share is that, that thing that kind of maybe echoes in their mind after listening to this. Yeah, look, I'd be, I'd be silly not to say, you know, if you're a new father, start a dad's group. If you, if you uh, are, have a you know, type of employment or a corporate job or, or whatever, ask them to support your journey as a father. Uh, I tell them, you know, read through some of the stats that we have um, and we have, you know, on our website, dadsgroup.org, around how a supportive father is going to do better at work. You know, like without without support, um, you're not going to deliver uh, the 
the outcomes that you really want to be able to deliver. So, um, yeah, connect with other dads and um, just start a dad's group. <laughs> That's the best thing you can do because you'll find all the support and education you need in healthy community. You really will. Mm. Um, healthy community is an undervalued, um, unappreciated uh, norm of a culture that is passed and we're all trying to scramble to work out how to recreate community, which is ironic and sad, but it's just what we're doing. So, mm. yeah, get a, get a healthy community, which, and healthy, I mean, you know, people from all different walks of life, people of all different ages, people of all uh, different, um, you know, you know, occupations. And in that space, learn to be tolerant of their different ideas and, and understand how they parent and all those types of things. And, and and learn um, to to be able to share and to give because in that you know it's just the basic norms. If you learn to to give into these communities, you realise you'll you'll receive unknowingly so much until you stop and reflect on it. So mm. get out there and start a dad's group. It's not just about dads and the babies, obviously. It's it's you know it's all about supporting the new mums. And the mums love dad's group because we give them a bit of time to to. Um, reflect, you know, themselves or, or go and have a, you know, uh, get their hair done or go and, um, you know, uh, have a coffee or have a sleep in or something like that, which is sometimes just what they need to, um, yeah, just de- decompress, you know, only days or weeks after having a baby. Yeah, yeah that's huge. And join us on, on Father's Day for Man with a Pran. Thanks, Tom. Good on you, Will. Thank you so much. You're doing a great job and we really appreciate working with you and look forward to seeing um, this, this, this space grow. Yeah, likewise. This podcast has been proudly brought to you by the Central Coast Council and developed by Lead by Story. Help us grow the conversation by giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode around on your social media. I'd love to hear from you. What's your experience of manhood in the modern world? Drop me a message on Instagram or at leadbystory.com.au and let's have a chat. Catch you next time on Mankind.